This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Time now for Making Sense to the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How are those markets doing? Yeah, markets are now in the green. And of course, this is after the U.S. inflation uh, report. Inflation came in at 3.7%, so slightly higher than expected of uh, 3.6%. But uh, this is also up from the previous month of 3.2%. So many are wondering, you know, why are markets kind of welcoming that news? And that's because core inflation, which excludes more volatile food and energy costs, came in at about 4.3%. And this is a slowdown from the previous month of 4.7%. And and so why does this all matter? Well, it depends on where the Fed is going to go from here. And at this point, um, you know, what we're looking at is why is inflation higher? It's mostly gasoline prices, uh, but food, shelter, new vehicles, um, clothing, all of that is uh, the prices are coming coming down. So that's good news. Uh, the Fed's going to make their next interest rate decision next Wednesday. Uh, the market's currently pricing in a 97% chance that they're going to hold rates steady at 5.5%. Uh, just like they held rate steady here in Canada, um, you know, and they're not expecting rate cuts until sometime next year. But again, this is still positive, right? You know, we have been hearing they're going to hold rates higher for longer. But if we're really expecting them to now reduce rates next year, um, you know, to me, in my opinion, that means that we could possibly avoid a recession, see a soft landing. Uh, and this is all very positive for markets, of course. Okay, well, that's, I guess, good for the markets then. And I know that the markets also look to all sorts of other, you know, indications and events uh, to decide what's going on. And what about the Apple situation? Because the Apple, Apple had their big, you know, announcement this week, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, you know, and, and we look at this. Uh, Apple's a company that uh, we owned uh, for a long time. We actually sold out uh, close to the high, just given its run this year, uh, and also slowing iPhone sales. But when you, you know, take a look at their debut um, and what's changing there, um, they announced some exciting upgrades, um, you know, and to note, uh, storage is going to be bumped up. Uh, camera upgrades and improved performance. Um, also, there's uh, new upgrades to the Apple uh, iWatch as well. And and they're also switching the charging port from that iPhone Lightning to the USB, which I think everyone's going to welcome. They're, everyone's sick of having so many different chargers in their drawers. That's and this so really true. comes, isn't it? Um, and this comes with uh, the EU mandating the shift to make all cables the same. At least somebody stepped up to the plate to, to uh, help that situation. But, um, you know, when you look at the price of the iPhone, and, you know, we're really interested to see where it's come from and what's happened. And we look back at the first iPhone launched in Canada in 2008 and it sold for about $200 um, and of course this time they've increased the price again by another $100 um, and so adjusted for inflation that's about $275 in today's dollars like if you take a look at what it, it was debuted at what it should be today but now the iPhone's going to go for 1198 Canadian so that's that's over four times more 
expensive uh, than when it first came out. And of, of course, that's becoming almost unaffordable for, for many Canadians. Almost. So, so it, I think it, we're there, yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we probably are. And also the, the need or reason to upgrade, I think, um, is, you know, less and less. So, you know, people aren't running to go upgrade their phone uh, every time a new one comes out because the change is just not that great. And so the stock is being affected by that. It's, you know, down 3% since they announced the news yesterday. Apple's still up 35% year to date, but that's still about, you know, it was it's high this year. It was up 50% year to date. So, so again, this is, again, why active management's important. You never want to fall in love with any particular company, in our opinion. I mean, Apple's a good company, although sales are slowing. Um, you know, was this enough to change the trajectory for iPhone sales? I don't think so, especially because uh, they've made it again more expensive uh, for for people globally. Okay. Now, I know that people are always looking for places to invest or what to do. Like, is investing in mutual funds right now, is that a fashionable thing to do? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I still have many investors call me from the radio or, or call us and, you know, they show us their portfolio and, and we see that they're in 100% mutual funds. And, and, you know, while mutual funds aren't all bad, and I've mentioned this many times on air before, um, when you have, say, a portfolio from your bank and it's all in that bank's mutual funds, you have to ask yourself, you know, does that, does my bank have the best mutual funds of all mutual funds out there? Um, probably not. So, you, you know, I, I would say the first thing is, is if you have, um, a decent size of investable assets. And so what I mean by that mutual funds were kind of meant for, in my opinion, you know, those that have a hundred, maybe 200,000 or less. Uh, if you start having more than that 500,000, a million more, even more higher than that, um, you know, you want to start diversifying. You should be looking at having individual security stocks, uh, exchange traded funds and so on. And so, so the problem with some funds, um, and even if you're with a financial advisor who can diversify you into different mutual funds, um, there's still that lack of transparency. You can't really see what you're holding. So I find those with a lot of funds tend to, um, tend to panic more when markets are going down because you, they don't know what they hold. They don't know how much, you know, in fixed income they have versus stocks versus cash. So it's just not as transparent and that can lead to making bad decisions in a bad market. Um, over diversification semi is another one. So if, you know, you've got a portfolio, let's say, and you've got 10 different mutual funds or more, which we've seen, um, you know, each fund can have 50, 100 plus stocks in it. So you end up having, you could have hundreds, even, you know, over a thousand different stocks in your portfolio. And so you just become the market. So essentially, what are you actually paying for? And uh, this is one that a lot of people don't know is a lack of risk management in a lot of funds. So they, a lot of them have a mandate where they have to be fully invested most of the time or all of the time. They, they simply can't move to 20% cash or 30% cash. So, you know, if they see a freight train coming for them, i.e. a bad market, uh, they're unable to really manage that, in, in my opinion, properly. And you're hoping your financial advisor is going to raise cash, but rarely ever do I see kind of a fund financial advisor uh, make that many changes to a portfolio. A lot of the times it's kind of like set it and forget it. 
uh, and those investors are kind of like sitting ducks um, in in terms of if the markets go down, well, they're going to go down with it. Um, and again, higher fees, I often see in, in fund portfolios. Um, there's a lot of ways to reduce uh, your fee. You can't uh, expense the fee for tax purposes in non-registered accounts or non-RSP accounts um, in terms of mutual funds uh, because they have that underlying embedded fee. So uh, often when people come to us, we're telling them, you know, this is what your fees have been in your mutual fund portfolio. This is what it could be now. And it's uh, it's always a lot less. And, and so that's why you just want to make sure that you have a properly managed portfolio that's actively managed. You know, you're paying, um, you know, um, a, a fee that makes sense for what you're getting as well. And um, I just find that in a lot of funds, um, they're just more expensive than they should be. Uh, and people are getting the transparency that they need and uh, or the active management. Right. Okay. And you talked about having a strategy too. Is that something you talk about with your active manager or is something you have to develop on your own? Um, no, definitely. I mean, like as, as a client or as an investor, um, you know, you want to make sure you're with a investment team that has a defined strategy that can properly explain that to you in, in simple words, right? Um, you don't want it to be so... Uh, so difficult to understand, you know, that uh, it's way over your head. That doesn't help right. anybody either, you know. So again, for us, I mean, being an active manager, I mean, we raise cash when things are uncertain. So that means, again, selling out some of those equities that we have, having some powder dry, uh, some cash on the sidelines during those um, heightened times of volatility. But again, we have to look at most sell-offs, corrections, crashes are actually opportunities. But what was good going into that situation is not what was good coming out of it. So you have to make changes to the portfolio. And so that's what we're doing on a regular basis. That's why I have analysts on my team um, where, again, uh, others out there may be more buy and hold, holding on to whatever they were holding on to before the situation occurred. And again, you might be comfortable with that. You may be comfortable with that volatility. But for our clients that are close to retired or already retired, they don't have a chance to make it up again. That's why we put so much focus on risk management. And that's why I believe most financial advisors should uh, and not just sit in a basket of mutual funds hoping for the best. All right, Lori, thanks so much for that this morning. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great day. You too. That is Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity, and you can contact her team directly. Uh, give them a call, 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.